thinking about change. And so last week we talked about a lady named Lydia. Can we look? No, it's not. All right, let's try this one. There we go. All right. They told me they weren't sure if it was going to work. They were right. So anyway, all right. Very good. So with this time of year, we talk about change. And uh, last week we looked at the change in a life name, uh, a person named Lydia. Lydia. We looked at her conversion as she came to faith in Christ and was completely changed. So today, while we're still kind of in the first part of the year and thinking about New Year's resolutions, thinking about making changes in our life, I want to talk about one area in our spiritual life that is, is so significant. Uh, this one area can single-handedly uh, derail us. If you neglect this, this one thing, it's capable of redirecting your life. It's, it's really that powerful. And it's called unforgiveness. Many of us here today grew up in church, probably very familiar with the, the story in the Bible of a man named Joseph. Joseph was incredibly successful all throughout his life, incredibly successful. God used him in a tremendous way. But Joseph was used by God, and Joseph was successful because Joseph learned to forgive. So when people look back on their life and they think about what could have been, and probably most of us, we've had some point in our life that we've sat and we've, we've looked back and we've thought about what could have been if we had done something different, if we had thought something different, maybe we'd worked a little harder, maybe we'd made better choices. Most of us have, had had a time of reflection when we thought what we could have been. And whenever we have those, those kind of thoughts and conversations, they're almost always uh, times of regret. When, when we think about how much better things could have been, perhaps if we had done something different. But today, as we think about the life of Joseph, uh, I want to challenge you to think about what could have been in his life. What could have been if Joseph had not been willing to forgive? How much worse off he would be. The Bible tells us the story of this man who was born into a family of brothers. His father loved him. His father showed open favoritism, which was a problem for Joseph right away as it created envy between him and his brothers. And so his brothers end up, they sell him into slavery. And he's carried down into Egypt and he's sold. But most people, this would be enough to ruin their life. But not Joseph. Joseph excels even in slavery. He's bought and put into the home of a man named Potiphar, who's a very powerful man in the government. And Joseph does so well that Potiphar puts him in charge of his whole household. And when it says his whole household, that doesn't mean like cleaning the house and dishes and stuff, but his, his business, his affairs, his whole estate. But then while he is there, Potiphar's house, he is, he is falsely accused and thrown in prison. So it seems like they, Joseph just can't get a break. Maybe you've had a time in your life that you just felt like you couldn't get a break. One bad thing after another kept happening. This is the life of Joseph. And so, so while he's in prison, uh, the king 
Pharaoh becomes upset with a couple of his officials and he throws them into prison. They have dreams and Joseph, through revelation by God, accurately tells them what their dreams mean. They're very grateful and thankful. And Joseph says, just remember me and mention me to Pharaoh. Joseph is hoping for a pardon. But they forget. You see, Joseph experiences one difficulty after another. And they were all instigated by the, the envy of his brothers. Joseph came from what, what we would call today, uh, in many ways, a dysfunctional family. Many of his problems were truly created by the sins of his own family. And yet Joseph would overcome again and again and again. And Joseph would live to be an old man. And Joseph would live to be a happy man. Joseph would live to be a man with a large family. He would be loved and he would love those around him. But what I want you to understand this morning as we think about the life of Joseph is that none of that would be possible if Joseph had held on to unforgiveness in his life and allowed it to make him bitter. The story of Joseph is recorded in several chapters in Genesis. If space is any indication of importance, uh, Joseph is very important in the Bible. And so this morning, we can't cover all those chapters, but we're going to look at just a few highlights in Joseph's life. And look how Joseph forgave and what it did for him and his life and what we can learn from Joseph. So Genesis chapter 50, uh, verses 15 through 20, this is toward the end of Joseph's life. And as Joseph begins to give his perspective, it's the key to understanding Joseph's forgiveness and Joseph's success. So I want to join, ask you to join me in standing as we read this together. Uh, Genesis chapter 50, beginning in verse 15. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Now listen how Joseph responds. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, do not fear. For am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I'll provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Let's pray together. Father, help us to understand today how a man 
who had been wronged repeatedly and thoroughly could have such a heart of forgiveness. I pray for every single one of us. Lord, bring to mind this morning the relationships in our life where we need to extend forgiveness. May we be set free by becoming gracious like you are. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, there's a lot that we can learn from Joseph about what happened to him and how he handled it. Do you know that every person in life has challenges? But your life is not determined by the challenges you face. Your life is determined by how you respond to those challenges. And Joseph had all kinds of challenges. Joseph was wronged in many ways by multiple people repeatedly, and yet Joseph still found it in his heart to truly forgive. Not just to say that he had forgiven or to say the words, but to truly forgive. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 40, this is, this is earlier on in the life of Joseph, when Joseph is in uh, this man named Potiphar's house, and while he is there, the Bible says Joseph is, is a good-looking man. And Potiphar's wife takes notice of him. And so she begins to, to make remarks to him. And then she eventually tries to entice him to sleep with her. But Joseph is a man of integrity. And so repeatedly, he resists her. One day, he goes into the house to perform his duties. And there's no one in the house but her. Given the wealth, status, and estate of Potiphar, this was probably arranged by her. And so he goes into the house, and she begs him to sleep with her. But Joseph runs out of the house. He literally runs, the Bible says, out of the house. But in his haste, he leaves behind a garment. And so when Potiphar comes home, his wife chosen the garment and she says this Hebrew that you brought into our house is trying to make a fool of you she says it's Joseph who's trying to entice her instead of her trying to entice Joseph now, Potiphar remember is a very powerful man in the Egyptian government so he has Joseph thrown into prison while he's there the king has two officials thrown into prison. They begin to have dreams. Joseph accurately interprets them. And in Genesis chapter 40, it tells us what Joseph says to these officials. He says, only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit well he was stolen out of the land of the hebrews his brothers passed him off as a slave and sent him with a caravan he took him down to egypt and sold him you know one of the things as we look at what happens to joseph time and time again is just the reality that life is not fair when i was in atlanta a minister of music a very wise person and he told me one day that in his cubicle at work he worked in an office he said he had a, a piece of paper pinned up on the cubicle wall with a list of things that it was his goal to teach his children before they left home. And he said one of the things on that list was that life is not fair. I, I think that we often 
when we experience uh, somebody wronging us or we experience difficulty, it's easy to take on the role of a victim and to think that everyone else has a totally different life. They've never been wronged like we've been wronged. They've never been treated like we've been treated. They have it so much easier than we have it. And whenever we begin to think like this, it makes us bitter, bitter. Joseph was sold into slavery. None of his other brothers went into slavery. None of his other brothers went down into Egypt. None of his other brothers were ever thrown into prison. As far as we know, none of his other brothers were ever falsely accused in the way that Joseph was. But Joseph didn't sit and wallow in self-pity. Joseph would forgive his brothers. Many of Joseph's problems came about because of his family. You know, one of the things we learn from that is that you cannot choose the circumstances of your birth, but you can keep them from defining you. You see, Joseph's father showed open favoritism to Joseph. This was the beginning of Joseph's problems. The open favoritism is what created envy among Joseph's brothers. The Bible describes this in Genesis chapter 37, verse 3. It says, now Israel, and that's Joseph's father, now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a robe of many colors. Uh, so, so Joseph's father loved him more and this created division in the family. Many people today in the world are born also into challenging circumstances. Uh, some people are born to parents that don't want them and don't care about them. Uh, some people are born into oppressive governments that will never give them freedom. And others of us were born to great parents that loved us we're born in a free country where we could choose to be whatever we wanted to be when we grew up. Life is not fair. The sooner that we accept that, uh, the sooner that we'll be less likely to live a victimized attitude of self-pity that will create bitterness in our life and keep us from being able to experience the freedom of forgiveness when people wrong us. You see, the forgiveness has the power to keep you from being defined by the circumstances of your birth. You, one of the things that we learn from Joseph is you cannot keep bad things from happening to you, but you can keep them from controlling you. Joseph was sold into slavery, and yet still he would be successful. Genesis chapter 39 describes what happens when he first goes into Potiphar's house. It says in Genesis 39 too, the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him and he made him an overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. Had Joseph went into slavery with bitterness in his heart, 
he would have never excelled in the way that he did. After becoming successful, he was wronged again by Potiphar's wife and thrown into prison. The Bible describes this in Genesis 39, 20. It says, and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. Uh, Joseph could have allowed these wrongs to keep him in a permanent prison of bitterness, but he didn't. Instead, once again, he rose to a place of leadership. Listen to what happens in the prison. It says in verse uh, 23 of chapter 39, the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. So Joseph, Joseph excels in Potiphar's house. He's falsely accused. He's thrown into prison. He excels in prison. Everywhere Joseph goes, Joseph ends up being in charge. There's a saying about that. The cream always rises to the top. Have you heard that before? Joseph, everywhere he goes, becomes successful and ends up being in charge. Joseph could have never gotten there had he lived a life of anger and bitterness. Joseph asked Pharaoh's officials to remember him, but they, they did not, at least not immediately. One of the officials who would end up living would eventually remember Joseph and mention him to Pharaoh. Now, here's what's fascinating about the life of Joseph and something that should really encourage all of us. I don't know how many prisons were available to Potiphar. But the Bible says that Potiphar put Joseph in the prison for the king's officials. Had Joseph not been put in that prison, he would have never have met Pharaoh's officials. Had Joseph never met Pharaoh's officials, they would have never mentioned Joseph to Pharaoh. And Joseph could have never been able to accomplish God's plan for his life. Joseph never would have risen to second in command of all of Egypt had he not been sold into slavery, betrayed into prison, and forgotten about until just the right moment when Pharaoh had a dream that he needed interpreted. You see, it becomes easier to forgive when we remember that God is working in our lives. Joseph understood this. So listen to what Joseph would say. Joseph, in, in uh, Genesis chapter 45, verse 4, this is when Joseph's brothers come to Egypt because there's a famine and they realize who Joseph is. So Joseph said to his brothers, he says, come near to me, please. And they came near and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. So now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Isn't that amazing? Joseph was the one that was wronged, but he is concerned about his brothers. And so he says to them, don't, don't be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here for God 
sent me before you to preserve life. Well, what happens is Pharaoh has a dream, and Joseph, the revelation from God, tells him what the dream means, that there's going to be a famine. And so Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge of storing up grain to prepare for the famine. So, verse 6, for the famine has been in this land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors, so that it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all this house and ruler over all the land. See, Joseph saw that God had a plan for his life, a plan that can only be accomplished through pain. Do you know there's some things in life that there's no other, e other way to get there? There's no easy road. There's things that God may call you to that is necessary for you to suffer in order for you to be able to do what God needs you to do. When I was uh, first in ministry, uh, I, I grew up in a great church in, in the First Baptist Village Forge. A wonderful place, wonderful pastor. He'd been there 28 years when I was in, in high school and he retired. And just had, we had a great ministry. And, and I thought that all churches were, were great. And I went and served my first church as a minister of students. Uh, had a horrible experience and just a terrible experience with the pastor there. And, and I left there and really just kind of disillusioned. And I thought, I can't believe that there's people like this in ministry. I didn't know church was going to be like this. And then, uh, then I, I left there and went to another church and, and had a, a, a bad experience with, uh, with, with the pastor. And I remember thinking, uh, man, this is just going kind of from, from bad to worse. And uh, then went on to have a very successful ministry at a church. And then toward the end, I got uh, kind of attacked by a group of people. And I remember thinking, this is it. This is, always, is this always going to be what ministry is, is, is like? And then, then later in life, looking back, I, I realized as God sent me to different places to follow some very long tenures and some very difficult situations in churches is that God was preparing me for the future. If you're going to lead a group of people, especially if you're going to lead a group of people that are in conflict or just coming out of conflict, you're going to need to be tough. There's things that you need in your life, and sometimes there's places that God needs to take you that there's no easy road to get there. And Joseph looked back and he realized that even though his brothers may have meant evil, God meant it for good. When you recognize that God is working in your life and God is doing something, it makes it easier to forgive. And so in verse 8, Joseph says to his brothers, he says, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, the Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. You say, well, Pastor, you know, I, the, the things I've experienced in my life, I don't think God was doing anything through that. Uh, it is totally unnecessary, and I don't see anywhere that God has taken me because of that experience. That may be absolutely true. There's times that people hurt us and sin against us, and there's no way God's preparation for anything in our lives. But here's the good news. Even those things, God can redeem in our lives. 
Here's what the Bible says about that in Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Even when people hurt us, even when we experience truly being a victim of other people's sin, like Joseph did, God can work these things together in our lives. When we understand that God is working and God is able to do this, it makes it easier to forgive. The passage that we, that we opened with is from the end of Joseph's life. Joseph has lived with his brothers for a long time now. And, and his brothers have watched Joseph rule Egypt right under Pharaoh. And they, they realize that he has the power to say a word and have them executed and thrown into prison. And for years, they've lived with this fear. This fear that Joseph was perhaps uh, a good actor. A good actor who wanted to please his father. So then his father dies. And Joseph's brothers, they now have a terror that they're going to have to face the real Joseph. The man that they sold into slavery. And when they see the real Joseph, it's amazing. He's the same Joseph they've seen all through Egypt. He didn't just say the words, I forgive. He didn't pretend to forgive. He truly forgave his brothers. And at a time in their life when they were utterly powerless against him when he had the ability to take retaliation Joseph loved his family you see because Joseph had forgiven Joseph wasn't bearing any hidden bitterness in his heart because Joseph forgave in his old age he still had a family because Joseph forgave, he, he had little ones, the Bible says, nieces and nephews. He was able to experience family because he forgave his family. You see, forgiveness, it sets you free. It, it sets you free to have friends and family. Now, if you don't have any friends or family that need forgiveness, you probably don't have any friends or family. Right? We all, we all say things we should not have said and do things we should not have done. And you can't have decades-long relationships with people without being willing to forgive. 
But that's what forgiveness does. It, it, it sets us free that we can experience these things. You say, well, these people don't deserve to be forgiven. Well, that, that may be true. But you do deserve to be free. The Lord Jesus forgave you so that you could live a full life. Not live imprisoned by bitterness and resentment. So forgiveness sets us free to have relationships. But it also sets us free to trust God. Listen to what Joseph said to his brothers whenever they came to him after his father's death. But Joseph said to them, do not fear, for am I in the place of God. Uh, forgiveness does not mean that you don't want to see any justice. Forgiveness means that you leave justice to God. God who has the power to execute justice or the mercy to give grace. This is what forgiveness does in our life. It sets us free. Joseph, Joseph was an extremely successful man. Joseph was one of the giants of the Old Testament. God used him in an extraordinary way. But none of that would have been possible if Joseph had not been willing to forgive. I, I want to ask you this morning, is there somebody today that you just have a bitterness and a resentment in your heart because you've not been willing to forgive them? Maybe you've not been willing to forgive something as simple as some rude comments. Or maybe you've not been willing to forgive something as deeply painful as adultery. Unforgiveness has the power to redirect your whole life. But forgiveness has the power to set you free. I want to encourage you this morning to reflect on how the Lord has forgiven you. And if we're going to become like him, we need to forgive others as well. Let's pray together. Father, help us to learn from Joseph. Help us to be willing to forgive those who wrong us. Father, I pray if there's any person here today that's struggling with unforgiveness, they're holding on to something in their life that's created bitterness. I pray, Lord, today. I pray that you give them the desire to forgive. Help us not just to say the words, but to truly, truly forgive like Joseph. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. This morning as we close, first, I want to invite you to receive the forgiveness of God. Do you know that the Lord Jesus died on the cross so that you could be forgiven? He paid the price for our sin so that God could at the same time be just and also be merciful. 
You see, there's not one of us here today that God has not paid for our sins. The question is whether we'll receive that as a gift or whether we'll refuse it and try to pay for our sins ourselves. God offers forgiveness to all of us.